today on the Lowdown, the Down Syndrome podcast. Danielle Gibbons gave us the Lowdown, downstairs and baskets of love over to you, Hina and Marla. Thanks, Andrew. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Hina Mahmood, and I am the Senior Occupational Therapist at the Down Syndrome Resource Foundation. And with me is my amazing colleague, Marla Folden, who is the Speech-Language Pathologist at DSRF. Hi, Marla. Oh, hello, Hina. How are you? I'm good. good. Thank you. I'm really good. I'm very excited about our guest today. Um, you know, so many of our families at the DSRF will have their own unique stories of how they found out or were told about their child's DS diagnosis. As clinicians, you know, we need to hold space for our families and recognize that they may still be coming to terms with their child's diagnosis or diagnoses. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a family may find out prenatally through testing, at birth, or occasionally quite a while after birth, though this is usually, you know, only the case when a kiddo is diagnosed with mosaic Down syndrome. Yeah. But regardless, getting that news is the first step in a process of reconciling expectations and you know, getting to know that beautiful baby that has joined the family as well. And one thing that bears a huge emotional weight is the way in which a family is told the news. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And my family has gone through that. Mm-hmm. All the families that we work, through, work with have gone through that as Absolutely. well. Yeah. Um, so today we're very excited to get the lowdown from Danielle Gibbons, who's really taken a deep dive into this process of getting the news after she found out that her own son, Connor, has DS. And as a result of that, Danielle started a program called Baskets of Love. And those baskets provide comfort and support and resources to new parents Mm -hmm. by welcoming them into the community of people with Down syndrome in a really positive way. And we're gonna get a lot more into that in a minute. These baskets welcome each family with sort of a gift basket of gifts that are especially chosen for babies with Down syndrome. And they're really meant to celebrate that new baby. Mm-hmm. And each basket includes some information that at the local level and national resources that can help a family transition a little bit more easily and more positively into life with Down syndrome. Yeah. And we've gotten a chance to see some of those baskets as they come through DSR yeah. and they're fantastic. Yes. So, so great and so thoughtful. Um, all right, well, let's welcome Danielle to the show. Hi, Danielle. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Absolutely. Um, before we get started, we've had a bit of a tradition that we started at the Lowdown where we ask our guests five secret questions oh, to dear. kind of get to know you a little bit better. <laughs> not hard ones. They're not, not hard ones, we promise. They're kind okay. of fun ones. So Everybody uh, freaks out about that. I know. They're, they're like, like, oh, no, like, a quiz. <laughs> no math involved, I promise. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Um, Okay, so let's start off with, um, what was your first concert that you attended? Uh, My first concert was Criss Cross. Oh, love it. Nice hip-hop. Yeah. Hip-hop, yeah. You know? Yeah. Can I get a jump, jump? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever go to Criss Cross, Hannah? Yeah, oh, yes. Did you? Sorry, no, I didn't go to Criss Cross, but I grew up with Criss Cross. I didn't go to the concert, but yeah. Yeah. But how old were you in your first concert? I want to say like nine or ten. And you went to Criss Cross? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were kid-friendly. Well, they were kids. (laughs) You never know. Nowadays, yeah. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You never know. Um, Yeah. Great. That's awesome. Um, Okay. Question number two. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of our kiddos with Down syndrome, you know, have weird sensory things that kind of, you know, what I like to call sensory quirks that we see every day in our jobs. Do Uh you have a sensory quirk? Huh. Well, um, that's a good question. Um, I think maybe some food aversions I would say mm-hmm. maybe you know like I'm, I'm not a fan of guacamole the, oh, no. <laughs> the the whole avocado thing just the texture just bleh. and <laughs> you know like banana a... is right up there with that as well ask. it's oh, like the banana. same consistency and so yeah like, no banana bread is okay you know <laughs> banana flavored things are fine but like the actual texture biting of into a banana or avocado is <laughs> thick but smooth <laughs> yeah. too much yeah. 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 <laughs> you're just asking a lot yeah. <laughs> what about soup soup avocado soup no no just okay. soup just banana soup, soup. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i suppose if it's like a liquidy soup yeah we're not chicken noodle good crab yeah. bisque not so much maybe maybe not no yeah <laughs> we're just stressing so you out by talking about food yeah. texture. <laughs> okay great um question number three your least favorite household chore um 
picking up after my husband. <laughs> <laughs> that Love sort it. of, uh, in, you know, encompasses all rooms Broad and categories. Category. It's, it's just an umbrella. Um, <laughs> Uh, but if I had to narrow it down, I would probably pick um, putting away laundry. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. I can fold the laundry. I can do the laundry. I mm-hmm. just can't make that final step. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So we have one of those chairs in our bedroom. You know? <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So many different places it like, needs to go. What else it's is just... the top of the dresser for, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. Piles. So <laughs> um, what has been your favorite vacation destination? Um, just anywhere with a beach. Yeah. Just warm beach with a person that brings me fruity drinks. Fantastic. No children around. <laughs> Preferably no people, actually. Just, yeah. <laughs> just Solitary. <me. laughs> you know, husband uh, is optional. Yeah. And um, yeah, just, just somewhere warm and yeah. relaxing. Quiet. Yeah, quiet. It's so funny. I'm so the opposite. I don't like quiet vacations. I want to be in a city and run around. This is this is the problem when I vacation with my husband because he is the let's go do, let's go see, let's go investigate and chat with people and get to know the culture. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm not here to learn about their culture. I'm here to learn about the beach (laughs) and the the (laughs) pilates. So there have been vacations where he's gone and done his thing, and I've just done my thing and that works everybody wins yeah that's good compromise yeah love it exactly okay and your final question coffee or tea 1000 percent coffee mm. mm-hmm. i mean who chooses tea <laughs> i'm like if it's this is a judgment free zone but i will judge you <laughs> yeah um, definitely coffee yeah do you have like a favorite like are you a black coffee person do you have a particular no kind of i do like a little um splash of cream okay. in there you okay. know but tempered down a little yeah gotcha. tempered down a little bit yeah nice. okay cool mm-hmm. awesome all right so that wasn't too hard no it's kind of fun no yeah. painless and i got no to math. know that you love 90s yeah. hip-hop which is fantastic i love it yeah um, okay, so Marla had mentioned um, in your intro that you have a fantastic, fabulous son named Connor. I do indeed. Um, who some of us know really well. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about Connor? Connor is a seven-year-old little boy with Down syndrome mm-hmm. um, that is the life of the party. Mm-hmm. And uh, Connor loves love and attention and eyes on him at all times. <laughs> He loves dance and music and any sort of theatrics. Performance. Yeah. He yes. loves to perform Excellent. for you, yes. for sure. Really if, if he's guaranteed an applause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of similar for a lot of my kids. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. They do live for the applause, as Does Lady Gaga would bow? say. <laughs> oh, that's a good uh, sign. 100%. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Yeah. Definitely. He has some good dance moves, too, that I've been seeing. Oh, yeah. 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 And he has questionable dance yeah. moves for his age <laughs> as well. Yeah. Yeah, there is for a, sure. There is a weird thing with our kiddos at that age and twerking. Yep. Mm-hmm. He I have seen so many of them. All about a booty shake yeah. that um, he sorts of whips out at the most inappropriate <laughs> times as well. Um, oh, yeah. I love it. So, so and of course, the attention you give, like, don't do that. Oh, just yeah, yeah. Eggs him on even more. It's 100%. like, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. Here's another little one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's great. Um so tell us a little bit about your story of receiving a diagnosis for Connor. Like, what went well? What didn't go so well? Mm. Yeah. So um, we were in a really weird space where I was moving um, OBs. I used to live in North Vancouver, and I was now living in Vancouver with, uh, you know, now that I'd gotten married. Um I had kept my family doctor in North Vancouver and I would visit her. I would make the drive out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when we got pregnant, uh, it just made sense to move to Vancouver. Yeah. You know, I was going to deliver in Vancouver. It just made sense. So we were sort of in the process of transferring over from one OB to the next. And um, we received um, a call to come into her office one day. And um, it was as a result of our regular quad screen that you know every pregnancy you sort of typically go through and um surprisingly um i what is i had expected it had all gone well because i hadn't heard from them in hindsight looking back it was because it was over the christmas break Mm -hmm. um and you know i was like no news is great news and um 
for some reason I I always had Down syndrome on my heart with that quad screen. I, mm -hmm. I don't know why. I never really thought of any other you know, condition or genetic abnormality. Um, I just had this focus of, oh gosh, please don't let it be Down syndrome, you know? Mm. Um, and then when I didn't hear from her, I was like, great, um, everything's good. But then shortly after the new year, uh, we did get a call to come into her office. And, you know, that happened on the SkyTrain on the way home from work. And that was, you know, an emotional yeah. moment that mm. an entire SkyTrain car got to see. Oh. Um, and we went into um, her office that evening and, you know, we were handed a piece of paper that told us that we had a one in 15 chance of having um, a child with Down syndrome. And, you know, it was just a black and white piece of paper that was all about, you know, next steps and options and, you know, statistics and stuff. And um, the conversation with her was very clinical and it was very, um, it was full of numbers, statistics, everything that, you know, the negative side of what life with Down syndrome is going to be like. Uh, we were presented with options for termination, um, that sort of stuff. And we didn't even have a, con a confirmed diagnosis of Down syndrome at that point. It was yeah. just a one in 15. And um, like I said, we were transferring between OBs, so our amnio and everything after that initial conversation was handled by our Vancouver doctor. And it was just night and day. Mm -hmm. um, it was a completely different conversation. It was full of light. It was full of positivity. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, she cried in the office with me. Um, mm -hmm. She was incredibly supportive. She um, told us all the things of life with Down syndrome, what it could be. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, really made sure that we had a good support system in place and um, really followed through with that as well. You know, um, every subsequent visit with her, she was asking and making sure, you know, have you reached out to another family? Do you need connections? Um, and it was just really a very blatantly obvious the difference between one delivery of a diagnosis and the next and what a difference that could make mm -hmm. um you know i still didn't get out of bed for six weeks mm -hmm. after yeah. mm -hmm. i still you know just had a little black rain cloud over me but you know her weekly check-ins and her um support just was just a light that i looked forward to and it was so different from our initial conversation and mm -hmm. um you know she's the one that put us in touch with um, my first connection to the down syndrome community um coincidentally enough um tamara taggart she was tamara taggart's ob and uh, beckett's gp mm -hmm. um so she knew tamara and she put us in touch um with each other and you know, Tamara was my first connection to the community through, you know, my, my OB. And it was because she took that extra step and mm -hmm. she wanted to make sure that I was getting the support that I needed. And that was uh, just reaffirming of what a positive attitude can mean in a delivery diagnosis. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I want to mention something here, which is that a lot of times medical professionals are told that they should not cry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. in a clinic room yeah. because it's unprofessional mm -hmm. and that yeah. you know they should keep themselves out of it and mm -hmm. what you're saying here is that that meant a lot to you oh absolutely and that it sort of normalized yeah. your experience yeah her empathy meant yeah. everything yeah. you know it, it's what I needed at that moment I needed mm -hmm. somebody you know to to cry along with me yeah. you know and um, we didn't tell friends or family for mm -hmm. You know, I think of that six weeks, we held that really close to our chest. Mm -hmm. So she was the only person, you know, apart from our hus my husband, of course, um, that knew. And just her being an ally and, mm -hmm. you know, somebody to cry with was mm -hmm. incredibly important and meaningful for mm -hmm. us, yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think despite their training of not getting too emotional, sometimes you need to you know, read the room and know know your patients, and yeah. mm -hmm. will these will this person benefit from me Absolutely. being emotional or yeah. not? Right. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. where that rapport is so important. Mm -hmm. To like, how will my reaction help Danielle receive mm -hmm. this news? Right. Yeah. So it's funny you should yeah. say that because that's exactly what I do when mm -hmm. I meet a new family. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. I definitely read the room mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I see, you know, are there tissues on the ground? Uh, you know, is yeah. mom's eyes red and swollen? You know, are they more, you know, uh, on the 
I want information and statistics and clinical side of things or are they on the more emotional side mm-hmm. of I just need a hug mm-hmm. you know and it's definitely all about reading the room because there's yeah. some families that I've met that I have cried with them and mm-hmm. you know given them a hug and yeah everything's going to be okay and then there's others that you know we shake hands and we leave and yeah you know it's 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 reading the room it's knowing your your audience and it's also knowing trying to figure out what that person needs because we're all so different for sure yeah Yeah. we handle and process things so differently yeah Yeah. exactly and then and it's it's yeah it's great that this leads us into our next question beautifully like do you like you said have had lots of experience interacting with new parents um of babies with Down syndrome and do you feel like your experience in receiving the diagnosis and you've actually kind of had two different experiences Mm -hmm. you can compare and contrast a little bit but do you feel like it's fairly standard for you know new and expecting parents have you heard a similar experience from some of the families have you heard having two different experiences yeah or 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 just just like like the good one or the not so good yeah like have other parents said the diagnosis news was really bad really good yeah is it what have you heard from other families? You know, it's it's such a spectrum. Um, some have um, had really negative experiences through the genetic screening program um, and the uh, genetic counseling program, um, which was also our experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why Connor and I, um, we meet yearly with um, the UBC genetic counseling students mm-hmm. um, to <laughs> yeah. yes. to introduce Connor to him and um, you know uh, there are students from DSRF that also mm-hmm. um, go to that uh, yearly meetup and um, it's about putting a face to Down syndrome mm-hmm. and um, giving them an opportunity to ask questions to see what life with Down syndrome is like mm-hmm. and normalcy mm-hmm. um, but there, there are definitely those that have had very negative experiences of um, receiving a diagnosis and being pushed for termination. Yeah. Um, and there are others that, you know, a, a, a large chunk of um, our hospital deliveries are birth deliveries. And um, that's just a whole different ball game that, you know, I don't personally have experience with mm-hmm. um, because of our prenatal diagnosis. Uh, but they are going through so many more complex emotions um, than I did or a prenatal diagnosis. The hormones, they are learning to take care of a baby in front of them. Um, Their life has completely changed, you know, Mm -hmm. where they thought they were just going to be cuddling and snuggling this baby. Maybe this baby is now hooked up to some oxygen and, you know, a G-tube and and that sort of thing. And... Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's just a different level of complexity that mm. I find those um, parents, while emotional about the process, their head is in a different space because they've just got to figure out what's going on in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, when's the next feed? What's that beep going on over there? Is O2 yeah. levels okay? You know, and mm-hmm. um, that's just that's just a different experience for sure. Yeah. yeah. And- there's a lot of anticipation I think too when you find out before your Mm -hmm. baby's arrived and Mm -hmm. then it makes for a stressful pregnancy absolutely because you wonder about every little thing Mm -hmm. is this are we fine are we not fine are yeah you know your your pregnancy just changes overnight because now you know instead of that one and done ultrasound now you're going for monthly or weekly or you're seeing all these different specialists and mm-hmm. you know it it just it changes i was pregnant along with five other associates or um acquaintances in in my office mm-hmm. and i was having a completely different experience to them yeah. and i felt so alone mm-hmm. and yeah. so different and outside of that group because i was like oh just gonna go see a cardiologist another, today another, you know person, got another yeah. test to go to and um yeah it was just it's a different experience. It does change your pregnancy. It adds a, le- a level of stress, completely unknown. You know, you don't have this babe in front of you to just yeah. no confirm that it's confirm okay. that it's okay to yeah. you know love on and squish on and you know and um, yeah. And then there's the anxiety of what's what's birth going to be like. You know, like mm-hmm. is he are they going to arrive safely? Am I going to get mm-hmm. to hold him? Is he going to get rushed away quickly? You know, and mm-hmm. so yeah, there's pros and cons to each one I don't think one is better than the other for sure you know Mm -hmm. you can always 
can always flip it around. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's how each person takes that experience. You were mentioning about feeling alone and how your second GP connected you with another parent. Mm -hmm. Um, How was that experience in terms of like connecting with another mom who had a kiddo with Down syndrome? Like, were you able to, did you connect with her after Connor was born before? No, um, I connected with her about a month before Connor was, well, Connor was uh, a month early. Mm. So it was two months before he was supposed to arrive. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she right away was like, let's get a dinner organized for you. Let's get you to meet some other moms and get you into this community and you see other faces. Um, Mm -hmm. And, it wasn't until that dinner that, you know, even after that dinner, strangely enough, I um, was like, I don't know if this is for me. Like, I'm not a let's talk about our feelings kind of person. <laughs> and um, I don't know if I need this, you know, like, I was, yeah, it's really nice to have that connection. But I don't yeah. think I'm going to need this long term. Yeah. I'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll do our own thing. And um it's so weird because when I say today that he's seven, it's because at that dinner, a lot of the parents um, who had kids with Down syndrome, their kids were like six, seven, mm. eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember thinking at the time, like, yeah, but their kids are so old, you know, like, and mm-hmm. I, I just don't even see us at, at mm. seven years old. Like, I just can't even think of that right now. And it's so weird that I have that seven year old now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it it turned out being the greatest gift I didn't know I needed. Yeah. And, you know, we still sort of did our own thing for the first, I would say, four or five months. You know, we had some medical, you know, issues come up that we were just trying to get, you know, our feet underneath us and we did our own thing. And then, you know, I would say about five months is when we really were like, okay, maybe I can go to a play group or mm-hmm. we can meet some other families and yeah. it was really at that moment when I started actually actively participating in the Down syndrome community that I I felt like I was starting to heal. Yeah. I wasn't mm-hmm. there yet, but I was yeah. definitely like, oh, this is good for me. Mm-hmm. I should keep doing this. Yeah. And um everybody has to get there on their own time. Yeah. You know, I one thousand percent whenever I meet a new family you do you, you do you when you need to do you. But just speaking from experience, I can tell you that a connection to another family Mm -hmm. or the community Mm -hmm. might help you in in ways you don't think you Mm -hmm. need it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you decide never to go that route, that's fine, that's your choice. But I just wanna let you know Mm -hmm. that I felt that way too. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it has made such a difference. For sure. And you're still connected with so many of those families. And I, like, I mean, we're going to talk about Baskets of Love in a minute, but I just like a little off script here quickly. I know that you organized with another mom a really cool little tea party yes. thing that you guys did last year. We did. Um, where you're kind of paying it forward and connecting these families yeah. at all age levels. Or all age levels. All moms are yep. all age levels because that support was, is needed. Was the prenatal moms were welcome um up to adult moms yeah yeah, um for t21 moms and we were supposed to do another one this year but you know covid (laughs) (laughs) so um we're hoping to do it again when things sort of normalize um it was on the agenda to do this year so hopefully that's amazing it's so great it's just community it's I, I, I don't know. It's the biggest thing for us. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we see that, I think, in our conversations with our parents oh, every yeah. day. A lot of them, especially when they come, a lot of them come that are not even in Canada or they're, mm-hmm. you know, coming from another country. They need yeah. some sort of a connection with somebody mm-hmm. so that they don't mm-hmm. feel alone. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's mm-hmm. not a fun feeling for sure. Um, so now that Connor is a bit older, seven years old, he just turned seven this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you know now that you wish you'd known when you first found out he had Down syndrome? About him, how about Down syndrome. normal our normal is going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I really just thought I had lost it all. I really mm-hmm. felt like I wasn't going to get what I had set out to achieve in making a family mm. and um i just was so naive and so wrong about it and that 
is completely normal and okay. I had yeah. never met a person with Down syndrome before Connor. Most people haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Never exactly. went to school with one. Yeah. Didn't see one. I don't think I even saw one on the street, but of course now they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I can see them from behind, like three yeah. blocks away. Um, yeah. But you know, like, and and that's what's so weird to me about why I thought about Down syndrome when I was was pregnant was because it was just something not in my life at mm-hmm. all. Um, and so I was just, I was terrified of the unknown. And as a planner, as a person that likes to know the next steps, um, I, the whole unknown was really terrifying and very hard for me mm-hmm. and I I realize now and I have had that aha moment where any child is unknown you know mm. di- Down syndrome diagnosis is a genetic confirmation but you don't know anything about any child placed in front of you you don't know if they're going to you know want to be a doctor one day or they're Mm -hmm. going to want to be an artist are they going to give you grief and jump off a house or are they going to you know be this straight-a student and want to sit inside and read like you just don't know anything about your kids and and I realize I realize that now I wish I'd known that then um I wish I didn't um let the fear consume me as much because having a baby was going to be scary anyway yeah Yeah. I think a lot of parents first-time parents especially kind of assume they're going to have a mini them yeah Yeah. and what that diagnosis does is prove to you you're not having a mini you yeah but everybody else learns that just slower slower yeah yeah no it's definitely a a crash course and you're not getting what you wanted yeah Yeah. (laughs) for sure um it is. It's just a. It's a learning curve in a really short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, Without too many numbers. Yeah. Too many. Numbers. And I think. I mean, there's. Def- I'm sure there's definitely certain aspects of Connor that you see, like, of your of traits. Oh. You see, there, so to some degree, he is a mini you. He's a mini Kieran. His you know, dad. He's those dads takes moves time to... didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. That that was that theatric. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say I'm dramatic, but. <laughs> Um, he looks like his daddy. He's blonde and blue-eyed, just yeah. like his daddy, you know. And yeah. um, he's definitely got personality traits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, great ones for me, not some great ones from <laughs> yeah, yeah. somebody else. Well, yeah, <laughs> it has to balance out somehow. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Um, and then, you know, Connor is an older brother, so yes. he has a younger brother named Owen, who's yep. very sweet and adorable. Can you talk a little bit about their relationship and how Connor and Yeah, um, salt and pepper, chalk and cheese, night and day. Oh. Just complete opposites. <laughs> um, Connor is my fun-loving, emotional, um, huggy, sweet little boy that loves to dance and sing and Owen is, don't touch me, don't look at me, uh, dirt, mud, trucks, Arr! got it, yeah, and um, just complete opposite ends of the spectrum, uh, and I find that um, hard to manage sometimes because Owen, uh, Connor just wants that love and snuggles and hugs and Owen is like, don't come near me, don't touch me, don't look at me, how dare you breathe in my direction. And, um, you know, but he has these moments where he just shines through of being this sweet, caring, empathetic little boy that realizes that Connor needs a hug. And, you know, yesterday Connor fell down and Owen came running to me saying, Mommy, Mommy, my my brother fell down. He needs a hug. I said, well, what are you going to do about that? He said, I'll go give him a hug. And he has these little moments where I'm like, oh, you are human inside. (laughs) So, you know, they've just got such a typical brother brother relationship yeah. that it's it's comforting. At the same time, I worry that maybe he's not as empathetic as Connor might like, but it's also a learning lesson for Connor that he can't hug everybody yeah. and he can't demand emotion from everybody and Owen is teaching him to back off and take yeah. a chill pill and yeah. uh yeah. Connor's teaching Owen, you know, that when your empathy is needed, let that shine through yeah. for sure. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. that's so great. Yeah. No, you can, I'm sure you can attest to that. Oh, yeah. Having a little sister <laughs> with Down syndrome, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
what are your hopes for Connor? This is a deep question. A deep question. But like, I, I always love asking parents this because everyone has a different take on it. But what are your hopes? What do you see for his future for Connor? I, just I know hope, he's only seven. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I, I, I know. I just hope he finds the joy that, mm-hmm. that he needs and he wants. And um, I hope he's surrounded by support uh, when he needs it. Mm-hmm. And he's allowed to fly when he needs to fly. But at the same time, there'll somebody somebody will always be there to catch him. Mm-hmm. And that, that brings me a lot of anxiety and... Um, I think that's what I'm most afraid about for his future um, is, is that is he going to have somebody there for him always? Mm-hmm. Um, I know we have a lot of family and friends. It's, you know, he's just my baby and I worry. But I definitely do hope that he finds what he, he what brings him joy. And, you know, right now it's shaking his booty to music inappropriately. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, if that's what he wants to do when he's older, I just hope a pole isn't involved. You know? <laughs> just, uh, it's, I don't know. I, I yeah. just hope, yeah. I just want him to be happy. And if that's yeah. with me, living with me and his dad for the rest of his life, mm-hmm. you know, then then that's fine. But if that's finding independence, mm-hmm. um, I just hope he has that support that he needs. And if it can't be from our family, then that the community would, would pick up and support him where he needs, yeah, for sure. Exactly. And yeah. I think you're doing such a great job of building that community around him, because isn't Con- one of Connor's best so. friends a, a girl with a uh, friend yeah. that has Down syndrome Little as Sophia. well? Hey, yeah. Sophia. Yeah. Friend, um, maybe more, I don't know. <laughs> they don't know it yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, or maybe they do, I don't know. They're very good at their emotional But yes, no, Tamara and I have uh, become very close and um we have a great friendship going with uh with our two kids yeah. and we definitely hope that they will be the support that each other needs growing mm-hmm. up that's yeah that's great, oh, great point very yeah. Deep yeah. together yeah. yeah um and then before i can we before we take a break i just wanted to ask one more question which was what has connor taught you about parenthood and life in general because oh man i've learned some of the greatest lessons from our individuals with down syndrome Oh, 100%. Well, yeah. I, I don't know about parenthood, but definitely 100% he's, he's taught me about reserving judgment mm-hmm. and, you know, keeping my um, opinions and thoughts in check until I know the person and until mm-hmm. I know the story. And, um, you know, he has just opened my eyes to difference and we're all so unique mm-hmm. and we thrive off of different things and it just we're so complex and it's not just about a a diagnosis and we're all in general just need that opportunity to be heard and um loved and supported and he's definitely opened my eyes to just finding the beauty in indifference for sure that's that's one thing he's taught me yeah yeah i i have a vivid memory of driving down the road one day and there was a woman jogging in the most neon, scantily dressed jogging outfit I can remember, like I've ever seen a person wear. And, you know, there were fishnet stockings and she just, it, it was just a mess. And I, I remember looking at her and my first thought was, how can you be out in public dressed like that? Mm-hmm. And my second thought was, you know what? She's rocking it. She is happy. She is jogging, something I'm not doing. (laughs) You know, she is out there and she is living and loving life. You go, girl. You know, if that is what brings you joy, go for it. And it was just such a realization of my instinct was to be judgmental. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, "Hmm, you know what? That could be Connor one day. (laughs) And I I don't want people to judge him. So maybe I shouldn't, I, I, I should keep myself in check. For sure. Awesome. That's powerful. Very powerful. That's, powerful. that's a, a good lesson for all yeah. of us, honestly. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. a really good a good one. Um, okay, so we're going to take a break. And then after, we will come back and talk to you a little bit about your amazing organization, Baskets of What? Okay. Show the world you love someone with Down syndrome. DSRF Down Syndrome's Wake Shop is stocked with shirts, baby clothes, bags, and more. Whether you're looking for World Down Syndrome Day products, DSRF brand merchandise or general Down syndrome items, we have what you're looking for. 
love live on 21st chromosome. And Down syndrome, Craig lives at bsrf.org slash shop. My name is Andrew. I am the photographer. Photos are my interest because I love scenes. It makes me feel very close to people. My photo cards are on my IT shop through Andrew's eyes at dsrf.org slash Andrew. Don't forget to watch my video through Andrew's eyes on YouTube. We're back here on The Lowdown talking with Danielle Gibbons, who started the Baskets of Love project. So let's talk about this. After your son Connor was born, you sort of made it a personal mission to support families with a new baby with Down syndrome. Um, can we start by talking about why this is so important to you? Because you had two very different experiences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So why did, why did you choose this? I just didn't want people to feel the way I felt, honestly. And I thought that if you could start the journey off on a little bit of a positive note, it can just make such a difference. And, um, you know, it's not going to be the answer to, to everything. It's definitely not going to make you think, yay, Down syndrome, you know, but it just knowing that there is something there to catch you if you need help or support. Um, that you aren't alone, mm-hmm. your choice to be alone and go through the journey or your choice to reach out, but you have options mm-hmm. and um, you can you can choose and um, you can navigate your journey however you'd like, but there is support should you want it. And there's also a little glimpse of light into the life of Down syndrome that it's not all doom and gloom like some medical professionals mm-hmm. can make it out to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of moving from like, oh no, Down syndrome to, okay, Down yeah. syndrome. It's, that's, Let's process that's the this step. Yeah. and see where it takes us. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. get that for sure. Um, you just mentioned it and I think we'll get into it a little bit more. Um, I would like to hear from your perspective where you think some areas for growth would be for health professionals. Like you said, you and Connor both go mm-hmm. to the Genetics Counseling Student Program mm-hmm. so that they can put a very adorable face to the <laughs> statistics that they have. Yep. Because when it comes down to it, a lot of them may not have experience with people with yeah. Down syndrome. That's They have never, may have also never met a person with Down syndrome, for sure. Exactly. And yeah. so, you know, they're reading from the textbook, mm-hmm. which does not help anybody mm-hmm. really so what what would you say would be helpful what should those professionals definitely do? that that first step of of um training them training them young mm-hmm. um and the ubc genetic counseling program has definitely i think started a really important initiative of allowing their students to meet it's not just down syndrome they right. they will meet all um or as many different genetic um you know, Difference. conditions yeah, as they yeah. possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an incredible first step of, you know, I am the first to tell you that we're not going to teach an old dog new tricks. You know, uh, an obstetrician that's been in this business for 30 years is not going to deliver a diagnosis better than he or she did 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel the new generations coming up to, to give a face to a diagnosis to introduce a little empathy, a little understanding into the life. Um, this is definitely, I think, something that's that's needed in the medical professional field, mm-hmm. um, putting a face to a diagnosis. Um, I also feel like many of these doctors, um, nurses, professionals, whoever, I mean, I don't have no hard feelings towards the medical profession, but a lot of them don't have everyday experience with a child with Down syndrome. They don't have an experience with an adult with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, f- I feel like it's a little reckless to tell you what life with Down syndrome is going to be like if you don't, don't know. know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, they have higher statistics of getting certain conditions in adulthood or, you know, mm-hmm. ex- there, there's so many, so much data and research. Um, but unless you're living it, I feel like it's, it's, I don't know, it's hard to deliver such such news without the opposite side of the story. Yeah, know? and I mean that data and research 
the whole point of it is looking for differences. Yeah. So that's what's emphasized to new parents is these are all the things that yeah. are different, not mm-hmm. these are all the things that are actually the same yeah. between your kid and any other kid. Uh, yeah, that's really And I think really also I've heard so many parents say that they don't, they found it when the doctors would deliver the news, they would say, oh, we're sorry to say that your child mm-hmm. is. And that word sorry yeah. is very triggering for a lot of parents. Like, yep. it's, it, we, it shouldn't be a sorry thing. Yep. It should be, so we found out. You know, like, however yep. you do it, but it's yep. not bad news in that yep. way. So, you, it's like, the words, I'm assuming you would agree, would matter how you use those Absolutely. words, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing to be sorry for, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, this isn't what I was expecting. Yeah. It's not the exactly. greatest news. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, so for sure. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Baskets of Love. So how the organization has grown a lot. So it tell has. us about that. What's going on? It has. So I first came up with the idea in January 2014. And, you know, it sat on my, my heart for a little while. Didn't know if I could do it. Didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, just thought about it for a really long time. And... Um, you know, and then one day it was like, okay, either do it or don't do it, but stop thinking about it. And um, we officially took the leap, started Baskets of Love July 1st. So that's anniversary is coming up in mm. 2014. So Connor was a year, just over a year old um, in 2014. And then in 2016, I want to say, we became officially registered as a um, uh, nonprofit. Thank you. <laughs> officially became registered as a nonprofit organization. Just to give a little more credit to us, um, open our doors up a little more. Um, instead of this crazy basket lady showing up at the hospitals, <laughs> you know, there's a little bit more legitimacy to my name than uh, I'm not just the. The lady that's giving out baskets so <laughs> yeah um and then we we took off from there and um you know it's it's not just me anymore i mean i i have the buckets and buckets of stuff at my house but i'm not the only one delivering baskets anymore you know um there's i call them my baskets of love army we have people reaching out in um you know the fraser valley um, DSRF has been a huge part of um, getting us mailed out across um, the province mm-hmm. and um, you know I just feel like and I felt for a long time that it was really important that if a mom delivers out in Chilliwack it's really important for somebody in Chilliwack to deliver that basket and that make that connection yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know Chilliwack I don't know the resources there I don't yeah. know the play groups there it makes sense for somebody in Chilliwack to be that connection. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely have my army of people spread out um, to help deliver baskets where they may need. And um, yes, that's, it it, it has grown 105 baskets as of today. Wow. So yeah. That's a lot. And all over the province. All over the province. That is really fantastic. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. I mean, we were, I think we even done one to Toronto, but that was a friend of a friend of a friend. Uh, But yeah, we were pretty much lower mainland only. Um, I forget how soon after we started, but I had um, Heather on Vancouver Island reach out saying, hey, I would really love to be your base on Vancouver Island. And that was amazing. And then um, Danielle on the island joined her. Uh, so we have Heather and Danielle on Vancouver Island that deliver baskets and I send them sort of stock every now and then. Okay. And um, they deliver on on the island but then I was like well we can't reach the rest of the province and we just as this little non-profit don't have the funds for that mm-hmm. and that's where DSRF stepped in and um, has been a real saving grace there because you know we're we're delivering at least one or two a month now mm-hmm. to outside the lower mainland and I was those were babies that were just getting missed before mm-hmm. so so a little bit of an aside but not really um, <laughs> People listen to this podcast from all over the world. Yay mm-hmm. us. We're very excited about oh, it. Oh, yay. Um, could people get in touch with us or you if they would be interested 
in starting this, not as a satellite of you, but in mm-hmm. your process and how oh, you've I have people this. reach out to me all the time. I and because it's um, very awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, parents also that feel that need, well, yeah. you know, they want to give back. Mm-hmm. They want to change the story. They want to change the start of somebody's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's those people that feel like they, you know, had a really crappy start and somebody else shouldn't get that. Yep. And, um, you know, I had a couple ladies in Ireland reach out to me. Um, and uh, that was a few years ago now. And they have been delivering hundreds of baskets across yeah. Ireland, the perfect gift. Um, and, you know, they've been in newspapers over there. And that's amazing. That's I've had a bunch of people in the US reach out to me. Um, and I sort of always give the precursor, look, I don't know the politics and the rules and the regulations yeah. where you are. But this is what I did to get Great. started. Um, and, you know, it's it's a commitment. It's a game changer. But definitely you get back more than you give, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad to hear because it's, it's a very, very lovely initiative. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Changes. What are, like, uh, interested to know, I mean, you talked about this earlier in the podcast about how when you go to, to deliver these baskets, you read the room, you know, mm-hmm. you see how the parents are at that moment in time. Like, can you share a little bit about some of the reactions that you've gotten from some of the parents that stand out yeah. a little bit from uh, the basket? It's, oh my gosh, it's ev- the whole spectrum. Yeah. Um, they're honestly meeting a stranger at their most vulnerable time. Mm-hmm. And that takes an incredible amount of bravery. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're they're very cautious of me. They're reading me too. They're mm-hmm. like, who is this lady? What is she going to do? What is she going to say? You know, um, and it's it's all about breaking the ice and, and trying to, you know, make that connection. And, and sometimes that happens really easily and fluidly. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, they're just a little too caught up or a little too involved um, in everything that's going on with them and they're still processing and so the conversations are quick and short and you know we're here if you need it um and sometimes i'm there for hours you know it's yeah. it's such a it's such a spectrum and it's really what that particular family needs mm-hmm. and um how 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 they're processing it at the moment mm-hmm. for sure yeah you're very generous with your time. I would think, yeah, if I had my druthers with the medical community, I would love it if everyone had, you yeah. know, as much time as was really needed. For sure. I think that's, yeah. Sometimes you do need to have that. The, you know, I, I've bashed him a few times here, but I have to give props to my husband for that. You know, he... <laughs> He is the one that's watching the boys while I while yeah. I go out and I drive and I do all of these things. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be back in half an hour, if I'm going to be back in yeah. three hours, you yeah. know. But here are the boys. Good luck. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, he's never, ever given me grief for that. It's yeah. always go do what you need to do. Yeah. And we work around our, our family schedule to figure out when we can do baskets. And he has been a huge supporter of um, the baskets from day one. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, it he's allowed me to do that, allowed me to get that time for sure. Yeah. I was just curious, sorry, I just wanted to ask one more question. How do you find out, how do you get connected with these families? Like, oh, it's is there, every, everybody will everything. tell you. That, yeah. I have, she's a friend of a friend, my gotcha. cousin's aunt's uncle, and uh, we've had midwives. Um, we have had... Um, DSRF has reached out a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, social workers through mm-hmm. the hospitals are our connection. Oh, okay. yeah. You know, when, that was a huge learning curve for me. When I uh, first started, I thought, oh, it's the nurses uh, on, you know, in the NICU, on the maternity ward. They're the ones that are going to see a baby with Down syndrome. They're the ones that should call me. Mm-hmm. Not the case. It's the social workers. Um, they're the ones that are handling that aspect of things out of hospital connections Mm -hmm. yeah um and so social workers have been uh the ones that have been in touch with me through hospitals and um otherwise community you know a lot of times brothers sisters moms reach out hey my sister just got a diagnosis um with with her with her little one can i get her a basket you know like and you can see that love and family support coming in of they're trying to help their Mm -hmm. their relative their friend their whatever and um other times it's been um a lot of dads actually 
it's really interesting to me how many dads have actually reached out to be and you can tell that they're the ones that are figuring out the logistics of this Mm -hmm. they're the ones that are doing the research and um you know so a few dads have actually reached out been the first person in contact for sure yeah very fantastic Mm -hmm. um did you have any other Mm -hmm. questions i think I'm just so excited. It's, it's a very, very great initiative. I'm really happy that you welcome people's input. Yeah. Um, should they find you online if yeah. they want to find out more? Would that be Absolutely. The best way? We've got a website, um, basketsofloveds for Down syndrome.com. And uh, Instagram, uh, also basketsofloveds, and also on Facebook. And um, we have communication methods through all three of those social media platforms um, to get in touch and there's email and yeah. Fantastic. And I think, I think to end our podcast, what would your, <laughs> what would your advice be to new parents? I mean, you talked a little bit about what you've learned um, in terms of one you know, day at a time. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Love it. mm-hmm. It's yeah. it, sometimes it's one minute at a time, <laughs> but um, don't run before you can walk, mm-hmm. you know, I know it's so it's human nature to think about school. Is he ever going to go to school? Is he going to get married? Is he going to get a job one day? And it's so easy to to think that far in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can't believe I have a seven year old. It has gone by like that. Mm-hmm. And just enjoy that, babe. Enjoy it for the second that you're in it. Mm-hmm. Worry about what you need to worry about right now. It goes by so quickly, and what will come will come. You've got no control over it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's definitely something I, I I tell all the new parents. Just try and focus on yeah. today, right now. Yeah, great right. advice. Well, right. it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. you so much. Thank for you coming. so much for coming in. We we had for all the listeners, we had tried to schedule this, and then COVID happened, uh-huh. and we finally get to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah. So we Thank really you very much for wanting coming. to hear my voice. Oh, we and, do. Uh, we do. Having think, me here, yeah. I really appreciate it. I think a lot of it. parents are going to take so much from this. And yeah, I think it's, it's so important for parents to come in and tell their stories. Thank so, you. So thank you very much. Thanks. Next week on The Lowdown, a Down Syndrome podcast. All babies with Down Syndrome should be seen by a cardiologist, obviously. Mm-hmm depending on what kind of murmur we might hear um, and what their oxygen levels are. It may be a really, really urgent referral, like Mm -hmm. today, Mm -hmm. or it may be a referral that can wait a few days. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if the baby is uh, very stable from a cardiac point of view and we don't hear a murmur, then we can probably wait a few days or a week or two weeks for a cardiologist to see them. The lowdown. The Down Syndrome Podcast is a production of Down Syndrome Research Foundation. Learn more at dsof.org and join the conversation at DSOF Canada on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The Lowdown is hosted by Marla Fordan and Hannah Mahmood and is produced by Glenn Hughes. The Lowdown theme music and George Do was written and recorded by Rick Scott.